on the floor. Now my jewelry box froze. Fuck a bowl, fuck a stove. Counted millions in a cold. Bad bitch, booted swole. Got her on bankroll. Can't fold, that's a no. Headshot, case closed. What is up, guys? It's Andy Priscilla, and this is the show for the realists. Say goodbye to the lies, the fakeness, and delusions of modern society. And welcome to motherfucking reality, guys. Today we have Q and AF. Uh, we always like to start off the week with some good information to get you going so that's what we're going to do today now if you want your questions featured on q and af uh you could submit your questions a couple different ways the first way is guys you can email those questions into ask andy at andy or you can go on youtube under the q and af episodes and uh drop your question down there in the comments click subscribe and uh we'll answer some from there as well other times when you tune in we have shows within the show we have cti and that's uh current events society, news, comedy, all mixed into one big happy burrito, all right? And what we do on that show is we put headlines up on the screen, we speculate on what's true, we speculate on what's not true, and then we talk about how we the people are the actual solution to these problems going on in the world. Other times we have real talk. Real talk is just five to 20 minutes of me giving you some real talk. Uh, Then we have full length. That's what you've seen, uh, you know, on pretty much every other podcast ever. Uh, People come in and we have a talk. And then we have 75 hard verses, Uh, 75 hard verses where we take people who, you know, were not where they should be, use 75 hard, became who they wanted to be. Uh, They tell their story on the show. And then we talk about how you can do the same. Uh, You are not sentenced to a lifetime of misery and uh, shitty lifedom. All right. You can fix that anytime you want. And the 75 hard program, which is the first phase of the live hard program, is designed to help you fix that. And uh, it's helped millions of people across the world. It's free. It's episode 208 on the audio feed. There is a book on my website you can buy about it. But um, that's the rundown of the show. Okay, so we have this thing on the show. It's uh, called The Fee. The Fee is if you like the show, if it makes you laugh, it makes you think, if it gives you good information, please share the show. Our show gets censored very heavily because uh, we talk about things that we're not supposed to talk about. We talk about controversial things uh, very openly. We laugh our way through them. We have a good time, but the internet doesn't always like that. So if you guys want to fix what's going on in the culture, if you want real conversations to be happening, if you want to learn real stuff uh, and you appreciate that I don't run ads on the show and, you know, uh, waste 30 minutes of the show running ads for shit that I don't even use. I finance the show myself and I ask very simply in exchange for that, please share the show. It's that simple. So don't be a hoe. Share the show. All right. What's up, man? Dude, you know, you said burrito and it, it kind of tipped me off there a little bit. Yeah, I was going to throw some candy corn in there too. Yeah, don't, well, no, but like, bro, I fucking love burritos. I know. You love candy corn too. No, I don't fuck with candy corn, man. Yeah, but no, it just got me thinking. Like, I just couldn't. What's your like, favorite burrito? Well, so right now I've been on this kick. So, so we're, I'm a, I'm a Costco guy. Mm-hmm. All right. So I think we've had our membership for, about eight months or so now. Costco's pretty nice. I like it. I do too. Now, I will say this though. I like it when nobody's there though. That's the problem. Yeah. That's the fucking problem. The, dude, I've, I get so pissed. Like I'm just walking in the fucking, like the lanes and like. Well, you're a celebrity now. Everybody's now in you're own, a celebrity. I don't know about that. See, DJ's a celebrity now. Now he's starting to bitch about some big time shit. I already right. know what's getting ready to come out of his no, mouth. No, they just won't fucking move. They won't leave me alone. <laughs> 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 Listen, I'm a celebrity to shoot your ass. <laughs> no, man, but like it's like Costco's full of NPCs, bro. Like they bro, won't move out the way. It's very low aware. If you ever want to know, like 
why things aren't changing. <laughs> you know, like like if you get pissed off, right? Like if you get pissed off about what's going on in the world, like I do sometimes, yeah. and you want to know why things aren't changing and why it's yeah. important that we, the people who are awake to what's happening, are actually stepping up and becoming better and building better and being better examples. If you ever want to know why that's important, bro, go walk through a fucking Walmart. Real <laughs> shit. Real shit. A Costco counts as a Walmart. Yeah, that's Costco just counts. Walmart with a membership fee. Yeah. Some yeah. nicer shit, yeah. right? 100%. Yeah. I mean, but, look, bro, and it, it's reality. It's people real are, shit. It's not that they're bad people. No. It's that they're low awareness people. And by the way, that's by design. Mm -hmm. These people that you see that you get frustrated with, remember, dude, most of these people are struggling so hard to just keep it together in any way, shape, or form that they don't have the ability to like look below the surface mm -hmm. in anything. anything. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's real, man. That's so, that's fucking real, man. Yeah, bro. man. But no, right. so Costco got so anyway, these what uh, kind of burritos. Yeah, so they they got these breakfast burritos, bro. All right, the macros are fucking great. There's like eighteen uh, turkey too, right? So it's like turkey breakfast burritos. It's like 18 grams of protein, bro. I pop that shit in the air fryer in the yeah. mornings. Yeah. Not every morning, but most like most mornings. Yeah. Bro. They're good? They change your life. Yeah. Well, look, man. Change your life. I love some breakfast burritos. I like chicken burritos. I like shrimp burritos. Shrimp burritos. I, bro. Yeah, bro. They're shrimp fucking burritos. good. It's like shrimp, rice, some guac, a little oh. bit of queso. Okay. If you're getting fancy, a couple crunched up tortilla chips in there. That's real fancy. I know, bro. I'm fat. I know what the fuck's good, okay? Like, I know Fat Kid Delights. A little hot sauce in there? Yes. Franks. Franks. Yes. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. Yes. Yeah. If you can get your hands on some Taco Bell fire sauce, though, that's even better. That'll push it up. Taco Bell fire sauce is the best thing about Taco Bell. Comes in and goes out. Yeah. It, oh, well, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know about that. I, I just think it's a good hot sauce. Yeah. But, uh, you know, the the burrito thing, man, like, it's the ultimate, like, I mean, it's just so convenient. Bro, you could make like Thanksgiving burritos. Like Ooh. you could put turkey and, and mashed potatoes and corn and like all this stuff in a burrito and it's still fucking good. Like yeah. you really can't fuck a burrito up. Like you could even make a <laughs> peanut butter and jelly burrito. I've done those. That, I, I've done those. Was it good? They're fire. Okay. Fire. So that's what I'm saying. So like when I get heat for putting Slim Jims in a burrito with some sprinkled cheese and throwing that shit in a microwave, that, I feel like that's unjustified. See, I feel like that's a little different. I, I That's a little different. You want me to make you one? No, no. I don't, listen, listen, you, man. You, you can have your candy corn, or you can have your slim jim. I'm just telling you, you, it's really hard to fuck up a burrito. Yeah. Now there are better burritos. It just goes with anything. I get that. Well, there's better burritos. What, what's the better one? Well, I mean, like you know, an actual authentic good like burrito with oh, chicken. Yeah. You know. Yeah. But well, I mean, well, but even are, the worst are burritos, American things though, bro. Listen, oh, that's even not a real like Hispanic thing. Even the worst burrito is still pretty fucking good. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? No. Yeah. Hey, they're convenient, man. Yeah. Like, you just fucking, you hold it. Mm-hmm. It's great. All right. Yeah. Well, hey, listen. Yeah. <laughs> I just It just set me off. You just I'm can't like, mess it up. I didn't have my burrito this morning, so it's just like, I'm like, fuck. Like, that. Yeah, burritos are good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, listen. I got some good ones for you. All right. <laughs> Let's knock these out, man. Guys, Andy, question number one. Andy, you've talked about the possibility of Trump not being allowed to run or them possibly still in the election. If this does happen, what does that mean for us? And what does that mean for America? You know, I, I don't know what it means. Um, I think this is very uncertain times. I think that there, I think a lot. Um, 
You know, I think there's a lot of people, you know, I think Trump's making a lot of mistakes with his messaging. I'll just say that. Um, I don't think there's any arguing over his policies and the things that he put into play, uh, that we were in the best economic position that we'd ever been in in this country uh, in our lifetimes. Um, And then the good economic position really flows down to all the areas of our life, right? I was just having this discussion uh, with a buddy of mine. You know, he was talking about pro-life, pro-choice. And, you know, people care about pro-life and pro-choice when times are good. Mm -hmm. But when times are bad and they have trouble surviving, that issue goes way down the list, right? And even for people who are on the left, it still goes way down the list. I mean, these people got to eat. They got to survive. They got to do these things. And so, you know, a lot of these uh, identity politics, social issue voting points, I think, are losing favor. And I think the main thing is, is people are scared that a couple things. I think the migration issue is scaring people that we're actually going to be overrun by migrants and crime. And, you know, that's a united issue that both sides of the aisle are scared about and nervous about and pissed off about. Yeah. Um, the economy is another issue. Right. People want more money in their pockets. They want to pay less for their groceries and for their gas. They want inflation to be low. They want interest rates to be low. We want to go out here and win and achieve and live the best life that we can economically. And these are real concerns on both sides of the aisle. And I see those two things along with the crime um, being the top things because those are the things that touch people. Right. Those are the things that people have to deal with. And so whether it's Trump or, or could be DeSantis or uh, Ramaswamy or whatever, right, uh, or whether it's Biden or uh, Obama, Michelle or Newsom, really it doesn't matter because what we're dealing with, in my opinion, is a communist revolution that I believe we're right in the middle of. Mm. And if we pay attention to communist revolutions of the past, everything that's been happening over the course of the last 15 to 20 years, and if we really dig deep, it's been going on for almost 100 years, uh, has been geared towards the precipice of what these globalists, the Klaus Schwab World Economic Forum globalist types are calling uh, Agenda 2030, right? And we saw this accelerated with COVID. Uh, We saw that we're seeing our rights being trampled on. We're seeing people in other countries get sentenced to actual jail for misgendering people or speaking out. And these are all things that weren't happening just even five years ago. And so we have this big shift of these globalists towards this communist uh, revolution that's happening here in America. So, like, in my opinion, you know, it's less important about who the candidate is because we only have certain choices. Right. Like. Yeah, we could sit here and criticize Trump and we can say, I fucking don't like this and that and this. Or we can criticize DeSantis. I don't like this and that and this. Or we could say Ramaswamy. Oh, he's this or that. Right. Or we can go over here and talk to Biden. But at the end of the day, we have to make a choice. And the choice is we're either going to go this way or we're going to go this way. We're either going to go the way of more censorship, more big government, more control over us, less freedom for us more stress financially, more stress economically, higher costs of goods, more pressure, uh, our kids being manipulated and taught things that we don't necessarily want them to do as parents, or we're going to go this other way. And this other way is, you know, more towards the traditional way that America has been over the history of America. And if I'm being honest, I think that that way, the 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 way of the conservative, because I'm neither. Con- people mistake this a lot of times. They say I'm I'm conservative. I'm not a conservative. 
I'm I'm a I'm a libertarian moderate in the middle who happens to lean conservative because I'm not a communist. Well, they push so far the other way. Correct. So, it's like- so like I'm against communism and I'm against progressivism and I'm against shit that doesn't make sense. And so for that, you know, reason, I look to the right. And when I look to the right and I look at who the candidates are, the only person that has a chance to be the nominee without some drastic interference is Trump. So that's the reality we're dealing with, right? It's Trump or this other path, whether that be Biden, Newsom or Michelle Obama. And this other path is elite tyrants oppressing the rest of us and getting the rest of us to hate each other for the rest of our lives taking everything from us in higher taxes, uh, a squeezed in economic, you know, quote unquote, free economy that's not even free, that's owned by the biggest conglomerates in the world where their culture is pushed down into our communities through their business structure. Um, this is happening. This happens, you know, through ESG and DEI and, and uh, CEI and all these things that we talk about. It's, it's culture. And so when we look at culture and what we want, We have to decide, do we want this new culture where like, you know, these people are bust in from these other countries that aren't American and don't share our values. And it's in the sake and for the benefit of whom and what, because never have we been told ever what, how that benefits us. They say, oh, it's just diversity. Well, this diversity for the sake of being diverse isn't necessarily a good thing. Yeah. All right. That doesn't diversity doesn't equal good. All right. There's American culture and American culture doesn't have to do with skin tone. It has to do with a a set of values that we all believe in. All right. So it doesn't matter if you're black, white, Asian, uh, you know, Indian. uh, What doesn't matter. Right. But if you have this value system of being an American and you believe in the things like, you know, what America has traditionally stood for, which is equal opportunity, the pursuit of happiness, the pursuit of a, of a, of a higher level life better than our parents uh, and leaving the country in a better place than it is, you know, making the most of our life, the American dream, all of these things, that's America, bro. Treating your neighbor, regardless of what their race is, as a fellow American, that's the culture of America. And the left is destroying that intentionally and not giving us any reason as to why. Right. Okay. Right. So- so my inclination is to look over here and say, okay, well, we definitely need to go down this path, but here's how I feel about it. I don't feel that any of these candidates on the right, and by the way, if the candidates are, you know, fucking whoever, whoever, I'm voting on the right because it's the opposite of what the fuck they got going on. That's our choice. But how I actually feel about it is that, like, we have a lot to fix and a lot to clean up, and it's not, it's not just, you know... <laughs> Let's go to the conservative side. Like there's things, there's major reformation that needs to happen in this country. Way before the election. Bro, it's before and after the election, right? There's like, we should not be taxed at a rate of higher than 50% when we add up all the tax that we pay over the course of the year, which is the case for every single person that pays taxes. It's not just income tax. It's not just your withholding tax. It's when you buy gas, it's when you buy a car, it's your personal property tax, it's et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. All these things add up to more than 50%, which makes you a fucking slave. All right, you don't understand that. Most people don't get it. You are a slave of the United States and the United States government is intended to serve us we are not intended to serve them. So it's backwards right now. We're serving them. They're not serving us. And so like our taxes need to go down to a reasonable level. The government needs to shrink to a reasonable level. New reforms need to be made in terms of, you know, term limits and 
you know, old laws and over litigious society. Like there's so much change that needs to happen that I'm not sure that even the voting of the right can fix it. But here's what I think. I think voting of the right can stop the progress of this communist action, which gives us a chance to maybe turn America into what it's supposed to be. And that's how I feel about things. You know, like when I say I'm voting for Trump, people say, oh, you're a Trump, you know, loyalist. No, actually, I'm not. If you listen to my show, I criticize him plenty. There's a lot of things he does wrong. There's a lot of things he could do right now that if he came out and did, the entire country would unite around him. But he refuses to do it and doesn't do it the proper way. And he's got bad people around him giving him bad advice who are out of touch with the reality of the people on the street, the pain they're feeling, and what they actually want from a leader. Okay, we don't want this shit where you come on TV and give us this fucking walk the line shit. When someone asks you if a man is a man and a woman is a woman, we want you to say fucking yes. Not, well, that makes people not trust you, right? When you take money from the vaccine companies and then promote a vaccine where there's many people that I know and many people that you know and many people that these guys know have gotten sick and fucked up and you continue to come on the fucking television and talk about how safe it is and how effective it is and how you did it, that pisses people the fuck off, bro. And there's a lot of shit that fucking pisses me off about how they do things over there. But at the end of the day, do I want fucking American culture or do I want communist culture? I want American culture. So I'm going to ride that way. And that's how I feel about it. And so I do think they're going to steal the election. And I do think they're going to fucking defraud the people. And I do think they're going to do that because they understand that if culture goes back towards American constitutional republic style culture... By the letter of the law, traitors are executed and imprisoned, and they understand that that's who they are. That's why they call people like me and other people who are just common sense Americans who want things to get better domestic terrorists and put us on watch lists and have our own government listen to our phone calls. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Like, bro, that's, that's fucking wrong. Okay, so when we think about what we're dealing with here, we're dealing with a situation that if we don't fucking come out on the American culture side of things, this next election, I don't think America survives in the way that we've known it. Yeah. And I think people don't understand what that means. You know, we've seen how many examples of this in the last two weeks, like how many of these uh, far left progressive activists have literally gotten killed in the streets by crime, by their own beliefs. Sh co correct. Okay. They're wrong. That the, the progressive ideology is wrong. It's fucking wrong. It doesn't work. It's called idealism. That's why this show is called real as fuck. Because we're realists here, all right? There's thing, there's way things work and there's way things don't work. And this progressive ideology that criminals, criminals in this country are just somehow disadvantaged and that's why they commit crime is not fucking true. There's such a thing as bad fucking people, all right? And bad people come in all races and all, all sizes and all backgrounds from all countries. We have bad people and we have good people. Bad people are going to have to be withdrawn from society. They're going to have to be imprisoned or executed or removed from this country. That is a fucking reality that no one wants to say. And we have all these bleeding heart people that want to say, well, they didn't grow up like we did, bro, because they grew up in a McMansion out in the suburbs somewhere. All right. They've never touched real crime. They've never been around real hardship. And those people feel guilty for how they were raised, not and making a massive mistake that these other people that they're sympathizing for will actually fucking kill them to take their shit. OK, so we have to get real about what's happening in this country and what's how the world works. The world works like this. Natural order. Kill or be killed. The strongest survive. Strength through power. All right. That's what that's the world. Okay, that's the world we live in. High-level competition. Good and bad. These are, these are things that are real. And we have so many people in this country that still want to argue over nuance and, and um, 
ideology that's not real. And I just don't, I think that's a waste of time. I think that's a waste of argument. I think that's a waste of our breath. Like, what are we arguing over? Okay, you don't like this and this and this about Trump, so you're going to vote for Biden? You see what I'm saying? Right. Like You did that last time. How'd that work out for you? Bro, I don't know. Like, I don't know what's going to happen. I, I think people are going to, I think they're going to steal the election and I think America a, a, is going to have a real gut check because I think they're going to steal it right in our faces. I think their goal, they're, they're not hiding any of this shit anymore. They're not, they're not like pretending like this is why all these social media influencers that come out and they keep saying, Oh my God, can you believe this is happening? Dude, you're helping it happen. You are helping it happen by saying that. These social media influencers that come on the internet every day for likes, clicks, shares, and views to build their own brand so that they can sell some swag. Those people are perpetuating the problem by continuing to pretend like they're surprised that these people continue to do this. These people are doing this. It's intentional. They're not going to stop. And they and if they get full power, they will kill you. That's reality. So that's how I feel about it. I mean, what do you think, bro? No, 100%. Well... So I, I'll say this, too, on the culture part, right? Like, And it's something I've been thinking about because the last couple of weeks we've seen what this migrant crisis has done to these other countries, right? We're, we're a matter of weeks from being in those same position, in my opinion. And, you know, I think that the argument of, like, you know, the, even with the diversity stuff, it's like, how, so how is the solution to fix? If we're saying there's a problem with American culture right now, how is bringing in an external culture going to fix that internal like, they're, they're not trying to fix it. That's not the point. They're trying to put the extra nail in the coffin. Right. Right. So they, I mean, they understand that American culture is weak. Yep. Yeah, man. So I, I think I think we as Americans, man, we got a lot of there, there's going to have to be a lot of reflection. And but more importantly, just understanding what the problem is. That's one part of it. We, we have a lot of things that we have to fix in our own households and our own lives. We got months before that election. And, and if we don't do anything between now and that time. Whoever wins the election doesn't even fucking matter because we'll, we'll still be fucked. Yeah. That's why this is a cultural revolution that needs to take place. This is why when I talk about personal excellence being the ultimate rebellion, yeah. it is the ultimate rebellion because their entire premise of conquering America is built upon the dependency of the American citizen on them. And if we become independent of them, they cease to have the power over us. So if they want us to be unhealthy, we become healthy. If they want us fat, we don't become fat. If they want us broke, we don't become broke. If they want us stupid, we consume things that make us less stupid. All right. If they want us to hate each other, we don't hate each other. We help each other. We love each other. We pick each other up like we're supposed to do in America. All right. We have to be the opposite of what they want because their entire power structure depends on dependency. That's why... When I say it's the ultimate rebellion, I mean, literally, it is the rebellion. The rebellion starts with each individual in this country living to a higher standard and working to become independent of their system. The more dependent you are on the system, the more you take from them, the more they own you. That's reality. And so if we want to fix this, we have to look inside ourselves and ask what am I doing to fix this? What is my role in this? And the role isn't just go on the internet and post. The role isn't just show up at the school board meeting, which you should do. The role isn't get engaged uh, in politics, which you should do. The role is to live a high standard that literally inspires every single person around you to be better. And that's what's going to fix this country in the long term. It's not going to be a politician. It's not going to be Trump. It's not going to be fucking, it's certainly not going to be Biden, okay? 
And it's not going to be Andy. It's not going to be uh, Vivek. It's not going to be anybody. Nobody's going to come and fix your shit. And until you fix your shit and your neighbor fixes his and his neighbor fixes his, this is not going to change. This is, a, this, is, this, is, this is the thing that people are missing, dude. Yeah. They are missing this, okay? They want it to be somebody else. They want it to be someone else because it's hard. It's hard to take responsibility for your own life. It's hard to say, hey, I'm not living to the standard of what the previous Americans before me died for. I'm not taking advantage of the opportunity that I have as a free American. I'm letting myself be taken advantage of by a rogue government that wants me to be fat, unhealthy, sick, dependent, financially handicapped so that they can get everything from us. When you ask yourself, what role you are playing and you can't say i'm taking care of those things you everything else you do on top of that is irrelevant so you have to be real with yourself and we all do are we living to the american standard did my grandfather who was killed and never met his own fucking kid die for nothing that's how i feel about it okay and and, and when i look at my life and i look in the mirror of my life i might not be the best in anything i do but i try really hard I try hard. I try hard to come in here and share a good message. I try hard to live to a high standard. I try hard to, you know, build things that matter, that help people, that contribute. I try really fucking hard. And there's plenty of criticisms that can be made about me. But I can tell you this. When I look around at most people, most people ain't trying as hard. All right? And that's a reality. And if we want to fucking change this, you guys listening to this show, just by stepping up and trying a little bit fucking harder, we can change a whole lot of shit. Yeah, absolutely, man. Uh, guys, Andy, question number two. Andy. Uh, hey, Andy, what are three important lessons that your dad taught you growing up that you still use to this day? Oh, man. Uh, the, big, the big one, well, fuck, there's a lot. <clears throat> Make friends, not enemies. That's, that's a big lesson that, that he always beat into our heads. You know, uh, a lot of people, especially nowadays with the contentious nature of society, love to hate other people, right? How many times can we even have a conversation about, you know, differing opinions and viewpoints without walking away being like, I'm done with that person. Like everything has to be these extreme, I'm leaving, I'm breaking up with you, fuck you, you're a piece of shit, over basic discussions that 5, 10, 15 years ago would have just been differences of opinion, yeah. okay? And so- that lesson, make friends, not enemies, has been a valuable lesson for me because the truth of the matter is there's been a whole lot of people that my first one or two run-ins with them were not very good who ended up being great friends and great assets in my life, and I was a great asset to them. You know, yeah, so, so I think that's a big lesson. You know, like when I met my business partner, Chris, we didn't like each other. We both played the same sport. We were both good. We were competitive. And we, we were not friends. Okay, but we became friends and a lot of good came from it, right? And I can list down many relationships like that in my life where, <clears throat> you know, that's happened. So I think that that's a big lesson from my dad. Um, you know, my dad used to always say this thing, you know, make a list, call the list. When? Now. That's what he always said. Make a list, call the list. When? Now. All right. And what he's saying is execute. He's saying execute right now. He's saying, what do you got to do? You should do that right now. And, and that's, you know, it's, it's a version, a very simple version of my powerless system, uh, which is the ultimate productivity system, which I give away for free, which you can get in episode 16 on the audio feed. 
Um, it's it's a fail-safe system. It's the only way I know for sure that guarantees you to continue to move forward in life. Um, and, and I think that's where that came from. So that was a big thing. And then, you know, uh, the third lesson I probably got from my mom, which is do the right thing, uh, which I learned because I stole some Kool-Aid from a grocery store when I was, you know, like eight years old. Yeah. So uh, I stole this Kool-Aid. Uh, it was Mountain Berry Punch. And we, you know, back then, dude, we weren't having Kool-Aid. We were having like, you know, Fool-Aid. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Eight. Right. Yeah. And uh, we were walking through the grocery store and I remember there was Mountain Berry Punch. And I had seen a commercial for it on TV. You know, back then. The Kool-Aid man was badass because he like bust through the wall. He fucked up your house. And he's like, oh, yeah. Right. Like, dude, it was just badass, right? <laughs> and so the Kool-Aid man bust in. He's Mountain Berry Punch Kool-Aid. And I saw it at the store. I'm like, dude, Mountain Berry Punch. I got to have it. My mom's like, no, we can't have it. And uh, and so like I put it in my pocket, right? And Damn. yeah, I didn't think it through, though. So I went home. I wanted the Kool-Aid, but I didn't know how to make Kool-Aid. <laughs> so I had to ask my mom to make the Kool-Aid, right? And, you know, I ended up getting my ass beat for that. And then she made me take it back to the store and uh, and tell the tell the person that I stole it. Yeah. And, and that was a lesson. I'm very thankful for that because that was a lesson that stuck with me my whole life. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I made a lot of mistakes in my life. I've not always done the right thing. I've not always done what was right. But I've always done my best to make it right after I've realized that I was, you know, that I made a mistake or that yeah. I fucked up. And I think that's been a guiding principle in my life as well. And and I could go down the list from my, with my mom and my dad um, of different things that I learned. But I think those three lessons are a good foundation to build upon. I love that, man. Make friends, not enemies. Executing right now. Yeah. And always do the right thing. Yeah. yeah. Those those three lessons have, have, have really um, helped guide me to a place where, you know, um, I'm doing okay. Yeah. I you love know? that, man. I love that. Uh, well, guys, our third and final question. Andy, question number three. Uh, Andy, I connected with 99% of my customers and grew my business one customer at a time. Uh, but two years ago, I moved my store into a high traffic location. And now I can't remember anyone that comes in resulting in every conversation feeling not genuine. Uh, at this point, I treat everyone the same like I know them, but it doesn't feel right. How do I connect with people when I can't remember them, especially when they come in multiple times a week? I feel like an idiot. No, bro, listen, and, and the bigger you get, the harder that is. It's really hard. It's really, really hard to grow from a small business when you really care about people into a big business when you're that person that built it. Mm. Uh, and I can, I can understand that because I'm in that scenario as well. And like, bro, I meet thousands of people a week. You know what I mean? If I leave the, if I leave here to go anywhere i mean i'm meeting lots of people and so yeah of course i can't remember every single person dude right yep. but but what i try to do is the best i can i try to i try to remember you know as much as i can if i remember them sometimes they'll say things and they'll be like oh we met here or there and i'll try i'll be like oh yeah and i will remember right but I, but here's what I've discovered. Most people are pretty cool and most people don't take it personal. And if you if you are in a business environment, especially dealing with customers and you can't remember them, then they understand that. Because remember, wherever they go, nobody gives a fuck about them. Mm -hmm. So the fact that you're doing 90% of it and you just can't keep up with it, they're still walking out saying, dude, that guy cares. Yeah. And so um, what I try to do is just to be present in the conversation. I try to look them in the eye, try to listen to what they're saying. Um, and, and, and dude, that can get hard for me because, uh, you know, the sure volume of it is, yeah. is, is emotionally taxing because when I meet people, it's usually at this point, 
they want to tell me about how they did 75 hard a lot, right? Or they want to tell me how the MFCEO project helped them build their business. Or they want to tell me how, you know, me sharing a story about, you know, like how I'm going through hard times, help them through hard times. So when I recognize people or people recognize me in public, it's not, it's not, um, it's not like, Hey, I just want a picture. It's like, Hey, I want to give you some gratitude. Right. And when that happens at scale, bro, it, it drains you and it makes you feel, like every time I do a meet and greet, I feel like I fucked up. I walk away and I'm like, fuck dude. Like, I hope I gave him enough. I hope I made, you know what I mean? Yeah. Because I understand how important that is. And like, I think about like, you know, like sometimes the line is hours and hours and hours long, you know, like, like sometimes like eight, nine hours, some places. Okay. So like, it's real shit. Like summer smash this year, we expedited. It was still three and a half fucking hours. You know what I mean? Yep. So like, it's hard. And I always feel like I didn't do a good job. And, and that's so I can relate to that feeling. And my advice would be for you guys that are getting to that phase where you are really building something based upon how much you care to give yourself a little credit and just do the best that you can, man. Make these people understand that there's people here at this place that care about them. And what's cool is, and like this has happened, you know, with my businesses, um, is that the culture and the business kind of starts to fill in and have your back on that. So we're like, you know, here, like if you talk to someone from first form on the phone or in person, chances are, bro, they're going to get, they're going to give a lot of fucks about you. Okay. And the reason that they do is because they've watched us do that for many, many years and they understand it's overwhelming and, and they do care and, and that attracts these people, right? Like the people here at first form are a product of the, the culture of the business bringing people to us, right? There's people here from all over the country. Uh, they move here. You know, these people have somehow been touched or affected by people in the brand at this point. And so it kind of scales out uh, through your people. So my advice to you would be do the absolute best you can. If you can't remember someone's name, understand that you're human and there's only limited mental capacity. Um, if you can't remember details and somehow you get embarrassed, like you talked to someone before or, you know, and you don't remember a detail or something like, like there's oftentimes where I've met people and then I forget that I met them before because of the fucking volume of people that I meet. And I'm always embarrassed. Like it's mortifying, like, cause I fucking don't want to ever be that guy, but it's just math, right? It's just math. People, yeah. And what I found, here's what I found. Most people are very fucking forgiving cause they get it. Yeah. They understand I'm doing the best that I can. Like they see me doing the best that I can. And so like when I fuck up, they give me the benefit of the doubt and they're going to give you the benefit of the doubt too, as long as you're working the best that you can. I love that. So it's a heart. Yeah. I can relate to that, bro. I spend a lot of time feeling guilty about that. Like my favorite part of business is the customer. My favorite part of what we do was working in the retail stores back when, when it was just S2 before first form ever existed. Right. Um, those are my favorite things. Unfortunately, I don't get to do those things anymore. And so those of you who are in those positions, who, who are owners and operators, um, you should you should appreciate the time you're in because every time you scale up past the actual customer relationship part, if you actually care about the customers, the business gets less fun because you don't get to do that part anymore. Yeah. Like I don't get to see people anymore like in my face or actually help them. Like, yes, there's a lot of you guys who are helped by 75 hard. Yes, there's a lot of you guys that listen to the podcast and, and take the advice and go build things. But like that's that's different for me because remember, all I see is this. Right. All I see is what I'm seeing here in my life through my eyes. I don't see out here in the world. 
It's I can't see what's happening. And when you're working with people directly, you get to see that. And it's very rewarding. So, you know, and there's a case to be made, real talk, that if you're operating a business and, you know, you're thinking, I just want to get the business as big as I can. There's a case to be made that's that might not be the right move for your own happiness, right? In my case, the reason that I'm working to grow our business as big as I can is because I understand the cultural ramifications of what we're building here, right? I understand that the way that we operate our companies is actually the way that most companies should operate. And I want other companies to look at me and start operating that way so that we could change the culture because I believe that entrepreneurship controls the culture in the world. Okay, so when I think of like the play that I'm running, I don't think of it like, oh, I'm just trying to run a business to make a whole bunch of money. Bro, I've been over money for a long time. I have every motherfucking thing you could ever have. I got a fucking tank. I was just driving it an hour ago. <laughs> this morning, yeah. Okay, like, like, okay, and I don't right. say that to brag. It's just fact. Yeah. All right, all the cool stuff I have. Everything I do now is, is purpose-driven, mission-driven shit. And so when I look at what I'm doing, even though I would prefer to spend my time in a store, right? That's not the best way for me to spend my time when I think about the big impact that can be made. We change people's lives here. We help people go from what they are, where they're completely unhappy, and we teach them how to do the work to get them where they wanna go. There's no magic in anything we do. We provide very, very, very high quality products, the best possible products that I know how to make and that we know how to make, we provide. And we give people the, the real game plan and we work with people to help them change their lives. And, and this is the play that I'm running. My goal is to create a company that is so impactful and so big that it literally changes the culture of all the other companies and that culture change will change the culture of this country. And that's that's what my mission is. And if we change the culture of this country, that changed the culture of the world. So like when I legitimately, like if you sat down with me and you said, what do you think you're trying to do with your companies? I am legitimately trying to change the world with my companies. I'm trying to change the way business is done. I'm trying to change the way customers are treated. I'm trying to change the way business looks at customers. I'm trying to change the way that your employees take home the core values and the culture that they live every single day. I'm trying to change fucking everything. And it's not about money. It's about mission and it's about impact. And while it may not be as fun and it may not be as enjoyable, it matters a whole lot right now. And I recognize that and I'm very aware of that. So I can come on this podcast every single day and I can talk about, you know, what we need to do or I can bark orders and say what you need to do. And those are all true. But the reality is unless I go build it and it's so obnoxiously impactful and big that everybody else wants to be a part of that, it's a fail. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. So there's, there's, there's a lot of, I don't know, there's a lot to think about when you're thinking about your own business and where you want it to be, right? If you're just someone, you know, and by the way, you, the guy who's just past the point of, you know, being able to remember their customers' names, but still engage with the customers, you might be able to make a very deep impact with all of those customers and your employees at that scale, and it might make a huge difference, okay? But I happen to be in a position in my life where I cannot have kids, okay? Um, I don't have that part of my life that most of you have. And I feel like I'm here to do something that matters and that impacts and that changes things. 
And I feel like that's done through entrepreneurship. And so I feel that all the entrepreneurs out there have an obligation to set the culture that they believe should exist in America inside of their own business. And no matter what the internet says, no matter what the Fortune 100 companies do, we have an obligation to build our companies exactly as we would like America to be, all right? And if we do that, those employees will take that culture and live that culture, and that culture begins to spread into the community. And this is how things change. And so entrepreneurs, in my opinion, legitimately are in the driver's seat for changing and having the cultural revolution that we talk about all the time on CTI episodes, yep. all right? And I'm trying to live that. And it's not as fun. It's not, it's not as cool as being able to work with people one-on-one. It's not, the, it's not, it's hard. It's fucking super hard, bro. It takes everything I got. And, uh, but I think it matters, you know? And, and, and so like, there's different ways to think about it. And if you're a guy or a girl who's running a company and you're in that middle size and you're, you know, relating with your customers and you're enjoying it, uh, and you don't want to get any bigger, there's, there's nothing wrong with that. Just make sure that the people that you're dealing with are, are you're impacting and you're providing and you're creating uh, careers and opportunities for the people who are helping you do this. And, um, you know, that, I don't know. I think it's a cultural, I think it's an entrepreneurial cultural obligation for us to put the right things into the world through our companies, to build careers for our people, to literally put the motherfucking shit that's going on in the world on our fucking backs and carry it across the fucking goal line. And that's what I'm trying to do. Yeah, I love that, man. Yeah. Well, guys, Andy, that was three, man. Yeah. Well, pay the fee. Sleeping on the floor, now my jewelry box froze Fuck a bowl, fuck a stove, counted millions in the cold Bad bitch, booted swole, got her on bankroll Can't fold, does a no, headshot, case closed